All right, guys. It's Optimus Fields at My Living Truth, and we are back to uh, Teacher's Lounge. This is episode 39. I am pretty sure this is uh, Teacher's Lounge number nine officially. And then um, we are back at block height 656,522. And the current price is 15,632. So if you're following along, it took us two blocks to get here. And we're up, uh, what was it, like a 100 bucks on the price? And um, the first thing on the list, uh, me and Nick were kind of noticing last or yesterday when we did the uh, the game plan, the pregame for this show, that it's kind of been a slow week. Uh, as far as I've noticed, we just kind of have a lot of uh, American election news going on and then, you know, some price action movement. So we're all just sitting here uh, kind of bored. I, I've seen a couple people on Twitter go, man, it's like a ghost town over here. But we did have one super bullish news this week, and I'll start that off. And um, I personally didn't even know who this guy was, but we have another billionaire on board as a Bitcoin maximalist, and his name is Stan Druckenmiller. So personally, you know, as a Bitcoiner, as a maximalist, uh, we've been we've been saying this for weeks now that uh, these you know guys with with real wealth and real capital are going to start joining us in this bull run. And it looks like we got another one within a few weeks of the legendary Michael Saylor. So, uh, that was really cool to see. Um, any, anyone's got some thoughts on it or how about Nick, you, you, you and I kind of share the same sentiment on this one and then everyone else chime in. Yeah. Um, I obviously think it's amazing. Like the dude has a net worth of 4.4 billion and he went on CNBC and said that he owned Bitcoin and that it's not only uh, a good bet, but it's probably going to end up being a better bet than gold. And I think we can all agree that it is. And um, yeah, I saw some people on Twitter, though, talking about it. And I feel the same way as them. And they were saying like, oh, like these billionaire investors are getting in like and everyone's giving them such praise. But you also got to remember you got to give yourself some praise as well because we understood this before all of them, you know, okay. we're not, we're not some quote unquote, you know, legendary. Inve- I mean, we kind of are legendary investors if you think about it, but um, yeah, it's just, we don't have, you know, the billion behind our name, but I mean, we understood this before sailor, before Druckenmiller, before Paul Tudor M- Jones, honestly, before most of the world. So, if you're in Bitcoin now, you you deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, shout out to Vacant Captain Mutado with the um, their tweets on uh, Bitcoiners are the legendary investors. Uh, that was that was Vake's tweet, and then Captain Mutado did the um, the like you're the captain now meme. It was like, but it was uh, like Bitcoiners, you're the legendary investors now, and uh, that that got me going this week. But uh, yeah, any, anyone else have some thoughts on this? Maybe someone that knows who this guy is can can chime in a little bit because like really, I just it's like Nick said he's got some you know he's got some net worth behind his name so it holds some clout. But I've I've never heard of him so maybe we're all in the same boat. All right, what's up, Nick? 
well, everyone's seen. I, I, I will yeah. say, I don't yeah. have a, a huge bio on Stan, but I will say it's very easy for me to just send those articles out to my grandparents and then them to have a a reaction that's actually positive because it's just someone in their space. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so people being able to to relate to to someone saying because the smart money is always able to to change minds i think that's a quote and they're able to change their own minds as well and just being able to see this is already starting to to change the narrative one other thing i kind of want to add on is i believe in his comment he said something about the millennials have it as a uh investment and i think he said big big west coast money uh and we, we see this more and more with the whole narrative of apple uh, like what what would happen to Bitcoin or like if Apple was to, to put in so much of their cash reserves or other stuff. And now it's almost like the narrative is these these hedge funders, these, these big uh, billionaires are, are daring these tech companies to, you know, go ahead and toss it in or at least go ahead and disclose to us that that you already are. And let's let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, legit. Shoot it, Jesper. Uh, I I just love to see it because, uh, you know, here we are as a whole bunch of technologists uh, or somewhat uh, like radicals, meaning we get to like to the root of the issue and uh, we can just see where this technology is headed. Um, but then, you know, all these wonderful billionaires uh, come out on TV and are able to speak to normies in a much better way than we're able to. Um, so I, you know, I, all I can say is I really appreciate them, especially uh, Chad Saylor. Uh, he's just turned into a fantastic advocate uh, for for Bitcoin as someone who like actually understands this stuff. Um, and to have Stan Druckenmiller, who like I'm not super familiar with, I've heard the name a couple of times before this, but um, clearly he's not the person that like I need to be listening to. But uh, whole lots of other you know boomers and and whatnot are are listening in as these legendary hedge fund managers and whatnot um that's cool yeah power to him gang yeah uh, i haven't listened to all the uh, chad sailor's podcasts but i listened to the one with john ballas today and man, that's like a Bitcoiner's Bitcoin podcast. It was super bullish and like, you know, absurdly cosmic. And it was just one of those like really inspiring Bitcoin podcasts where you just like, you get done listening to it and you're like, yep, like I'm a Bitcoiner. Like, I'm, I, you know, like I'm kind of a badass, dude. Like I get this, you know, I'm the legendary investor now. Like, what's up? You, you get like that little you know, chest pump going when you listen to some of these really great cosmic podcasts. And so I agree. He, uh, Michael Saylor has been a great uh, advocate for Bitcoin lately. So it's really cool to see. Optimus. Yeah. Did you listen to the very end of that recording? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was Friday night and I was listening to it driving home. And then I got on to um, Owls Across Dirtbag Fridays and nobody had heard it yet. So I said to everybody, hey, we're all going to Michael Saylor's $100,000 Bitcoin party on his yacht in his backyard. And they were like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I go, oh, no, no, it's a definite. He absolutely yeah. committed to it publicly, told John, John, you're in charge of the guest list and all the cyber hornets get to go, which is us. 
Yeah, I uh, I made a tweet. Oh, and then, wait a second. Go. We got John to come on. Uh, Al um, direct messaged John, and he came on Dirtbag Fridays, and he had everybody so excited because he told us all about the interview, and he told us when he hung up with Michael Saylor that he fully confirmed the whole thing. Is we're definitely doing this. Let's go. Totally awesome as could be. Like we're all going to be there. Every one of us. John knows all of us. Get it? Yeah, I uh, I did a tweet earlier, and I. Yeah, I was like, this is like basically what I said earlier about the podcast. Like, John, like this is the kind of content I want. And then I did a PS, John, use your proximity to the yacht party to get me on. <laughs> like a little play on the Cantillon effect because John's our, our uh, Cantillionaire at the yacht party, apparently. So it, it is. It's true. Hey, I, I, wa- I wanted to make a comment about these, um, you know, these investor guys that are making making the news now talking about Bitcoin. So Stan Druckenmiller, he's been around for quite a long time. He's a boomer. He's well known um, in, you know, people that age. I think Justin was just mentioning, you know, uh, the older investors. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, um, we we see this thing, you know, you can almost think about any niche um, technology being adopted by the, the users of it or the, the real um, de- de- devotees uh, that like a new thing, whatever it might be, you know, Beanie Babies, it doesn't really matter. And then when the market gets big enough, uh, these investors, it's just too small for them. They think it's kind of a joke. And they're looking at Bitcoin like a, like a company, like an investment. They're going, well, you know, the overall worldwide market cap is only $200 billion. It's not enough for me. Sounds like a big number to me. But uh, these guys don't see it as a serious investment yet. So I was listening to Max Kaiser say today that there's money sitting on the sidelines. They're not going to buy Bitcoin until it hits 20. They could buy it right now, but it's like, eh, no, when it hits 20, then it's real. And I just go like, wow, you would just miss out on gains that you're, you're planning to buy. But that's their mentality. They don't see this as a, a new protocol for money on the planet. They see it as an investment that they're, you know, like that. Raul Powell guy, you know, I think he thinks of it as like, how much dollars can I make? And we're not in that mindset. We're with Michael Saylor. This is not how many dollars can I get? This is how can I stop my wealth from melting away because governments control broken money and that we're forced to use it. So we're, <laughs> I forget the term you used after this, but we're the, uh, we're the, the investors of the future. We're the people that saw this before a whole bunch of other people. And it's, it's kind of amazing to me to think that I got in this thing before some of the smartest, wealthiest investors in the world. And there could be some millionaires out there that may never get as many Bitcoin as I might be able to accumulate because they just waited too long and their fiat wealth will disappear and I'll just be like way more wealthy than their kids ever could be. You know, it's kind of weird to think, but we got into this, we studied it, we realized that this is something completely unique. And uh, and we jumped in when a lot of other people said we were crazy and now they're they're second guessing that because we're not crazy and you know what um i really believe in sats flow to the strongest hands and i don't know if you guys saw uh what btc sessions uh ben he posted today there was a girl who bought i think it was like 600 bitcoin or something and i don't remember exactly one what year maybe it was 2012 yeah but it was 2012 she she didn't hold them she didn't hodl them and she sold them little by little as the price went up and her grand total profit was sixty thousand dollars no i think it was 80k 
She sold 80. two tif- two different times. Once from like 2012 to 2014 for 20k, and then from 2014 roughly to like 2016, it was 60k. Okay, so 80k, right? That's like a yearly income for some people. How much is 600 Bitcoin worth right now? That's let me. I have my calculator. Six hundred times a lot. Nine nine and a half million dollars. Nick ran the numbers. Nick running the numbers. <laughs> and like, if she would have held, if she would have hodled, she would have you know been in a much better place at than right now. And um. Sats floated the strongest hand. She now realizes that, or maybe she hasn't yet, but she soon will. That, oh crap! I made a bad decision, and now I uh, I don't have six hundred Bitcoin anymore. I have zero, and one Bitcoin costs you know let's just say sixteen k, and you know she she's I highly doubt she she will be able to get all six hundred Bitcoin back. I highly doubt it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, She's got weak hands. Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, like, like Jim, the 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 phrasing is that uh, we're Bitcoiners are the legendary investors now, and ah um, uh, yes, and we will be legendary. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, it's I think it's just fitting because it's like most of us, if not all of us, in this room, like you know, we're all avid Bitcoiners and. We've already switched our unit of account to Bitcoin, whether it is a you know to the world a unit of account. Like to us, all we care about is more sats, and I think it's just like we always always try to beat it into every listener's head that you know like don't trade for more fiat, don't trade for more dollars. You want to you know huddle as much Bitcoin as possible and accumulate as many sats because you know we're front running the world uh, standard of of like the Bitcoin standard. So you want to fundamentally sh- uh, shift your mental paradigm to make Bitcoin be your unit of account. And once you do that, it's like me and Nick keep saying, and, and some of our other friends on Twitter, it's like you, you find Bitcoin Zen, you just like start chilling out and you're like, okay, like what can I sell? You know, what don't I really need and try to accumulate more Bitcoins, more Satoshis. So, you know, we're the legendary investors. Yeah. Cheers to that. It's like, we're the legendary investors. Cause we've already, you know, we've we've already had that mental paradigm shift where Bitcoin is our unit of account. Bitcoin is our money. It's like uh, Sampo said earlier, like Bitcoin is the superior money and we've understood that. And, you know, we're just watching and waiting for, for all the fireworks and, and the yacht parties to come around and, and prove us right completely to the whole world. Because we already know we're right. It just, it needs to play out in time. One thing that got me bullish was um, NVK the creator of CoinKite did a podcast of, um, and he was explaining more about his, um, the balance sheet website he made for all the publicly and private traded companies that hold Bitcoin. And he, he said a few times we're front running. Like the average person is front running Berkshire Hathaway. Yeet. Berkshire is like the last company that will buy. But yeah. It's a feature, not a bug. And you got more Bitcoin than them. So who's really yeah. more wealthy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to clarify one thing that I, that I said earlier. Now, now I'm having like, when I was talking right after Sampo uh, 
and I, what did I say something about like, like timing the buys and I was talking in terms of dollars, but it wasn't the mentality of if, uh, if you're going to make more dollars, it's like, why if Bitcoin is ultimately what we see, what it is, then why are you trying to time for, for temporary five or $10 or thousand dollars now when you, if you, if you can buy, I mean, obviously the DCA, but if you, if you can buy now and you, you see it, then, then get in because you don't want to be, you don't want to be too late and having to be, be, be chasing it up. Uh, so, so it's almost like I, I still have to, it's frustrating to use, use fiat to talk to, to people to then explain and then sats. It's I mean, just so, it's so new. <laughs> talking to depends. sats versus talking to dollars. Depends what you're talking to though. Cause DCA versus not like, it's the difference between putting in a hundred dollars here and there versus somebody with a net worth of like millions of dollars or so. If they can buy at once now versus a dip to like 11 K, you know, they're sacrificing whole coins for the future, but obviously it's impossible to time market. So for sure. Can I, can I, uh, change the subject real quick yeah go for it jim uh i just um it's it's just a, a quick note about the blockchain operating uh as we, we were talking i watched three blocks get confirmed in a minute um oh, wow. so so block uh block okay, 656 523 24 and 25 i just was i just pulled it up i was curious to see uh, the mempool emptied out uh, at block uh, 523. So I sent a quick tweet out, you know, consolidate UTXOs and open some lightning channels. And then I watched two more blocks just go whizzing right on by, like in seconds. And the mempool cleared down to the point where the, the last block that confirmed had only $432 in transaction fees added to the block reward. Whereas the one before that, had well, two before that had 14,000 in transaction fees. Huge difference just because it cleared out, you know, it's wild. Yeah, that's definitely crazy. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to pull up a, a mempool chart, but maybe Jessifer has one up on his uh, computer real quick. Are we back at uh, one set per byte fees? Are those clearing right now? Oh, yeah, yeah we're right. definitely set per byte. Ooh. Yeah, very low. All right. Well, I'm gonna try not to dox anything that I have on here, but I think I can do a quick screen share. There we go. All right, let me shoot it up real quick. Oh yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, I, I see we got bit consultants in and uh I've been using your mempool trick, bro. I, I love it. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. If you haven't watched his presentation, go back to our channel and look up Bit Consultants. Real great presentation. But it's looking good, man. Uh it was looking like we weren't going to clear all those uh transactions for what was it, like two weeks or something? A week or two? We were way good. behind for a while. We were like 80 blocks behind last week. Yeah. I and thought we were done. Zero again. I thought one sat. I'm, yeah, I was... It did seem like that. <laughs> you know, the difficulty adjustment made all the difference. Down 16%. It just finally caught up. 
It's amazing. This thing self-regulates. It's just absolutely, it's a living creature. It's just amazing. All right. It takes care of itself. It's almost like it's alive. Yeah, me and uh, Jessifer were sitting in here. I forget when it was, but it was sometime last week, and we were just joking, like, rip one sap per bite fees, and uh, I guess I guess we were a little premature on that one. It, it was really interesting to watch all the folks uh, join into, like, all the lightning channels, uh, like, the lightning chats, hoping to open channels, and, like, all of the routing nodes are like, what? Like, no, like, the mempool is way too full right now. Like, I, I don't want to open now. Like, but but yeah, you just like watching that FOMO happen. Oh, there it cleared out again. So, oh, yeah, another block just went. And I, uh, after I sent out that tweet, Guy Swan answered me. He said, "Already done a bit of consolidation and two new lightning channels in the past couple hours." Oh, so he's man. on top of it. Guy watching like a hawk. Coin join time. All right. Yeah, everything. Jeez. Well, uh, we brought up uh, Lightning, and uh, last week we said we were going to have a little deeper dive on Lightning Pool, so I guess that's probably a good segue. Uh, Jessifer was telling us before that he actually has it running and was and uh, was messing around with it, so I don't know. Jessifer, you want to you wanna talk about it a little bit, and maybe some other people can uh, chime in if they're using it as well? Oh, no, I got some... Bad news. I'm a hobbyist, so like here I am working on my Raspberry Blitz and uh, trying to get it running. But I was uh, I was part of the alpha for that, so I was kind of working behind the scenes trying to get it to work. And I think some of the old versions are causing some issues for me. But um, I'll be working through that, and I'll hope to have some more info in the future. Hey, Jessifer, you made a comment earlier about. Um the market that you know the ability to have a fee market and you even quoted an annual percentage rate uh are you able to look around at other people um providing and accepting liquidity for other channels are you able to see that somehow you know yeah actually one of the first connected uh one of the first community uh creations was a twitter bot tracking uh lightning pool um, updates. So I'm, I'm actually going to, I'll close the stream and try and pull that up for you. But, but yeah, you can, you could just watch that bot and it will report out the, the APR for you. But I think we'll be moving you, towards you know how it's calculated. Like, Sorry. Yeah. Like how uh, do they figure that out? Is it just based on the, the, um, agreements that have been made between people who have provided and accepted liquidity and that creates the APR and then the bot sees that and, and reports it. Yeah. They're, they're kind of back calculating the APR, but I think in reality, it's, it's actually going to be sats per block. Um, cause these, uh, these agreements are in place for, uh, 2016 blocks. So about two weeks and, uh, yeah. So, so then the APR is, I think just like projected or calculated some way. Hey, do, have you run any of your own numbers to figure out, I mean, so the annual percentage rate uh, that you're going to pay somebody who's going to give you liquidity has to be based on your ability to charge routing fees. How can you know that you're going to be able to get enough people to route through your channel that it would generate the right fees so you can pay it back? Or is it is it a function of, how much ultimately gets routed through your channel, and then you 
So then there's no risk. You just pay your commission, let's say, to the person who loaned you the funds based on the usage of the channel. Is that a, the way it's set up or? Yeah, it's, you, it's more like it? it's more like you're just purchasing someone opening a channel to you. And then on top of that, uh, whoever opens that channel can charge routing fees in addition to that. Um, so it's kind of assuming you don't get any traffic, you're going to get an APR of, you know, f around 5% is what I've been seeing. But on top of that, you can also charge a routing fee and make more than that. Yeah, so you're talking from the perspective of the guy who's providing the liquidity, correct? Right, yeah. So now if you're the person who is accepting liquidity, so you're paying somebody to open a channel to you, so you're providing the equivalent of 5% APR with no guarantee you're going to earn that back. I don't, I don't see the incentive to do it. So if, if you're a store, for example, like a, a retailer, and you need to be able to receive payments, uh, you need a, a smooth way to make sure that the payments actually go through. And that won't happen. Like the payments will not go through if you don't have those channels open to you. So uh, for you to continue commerce with the Lightning Network, uh, you're going to have to spend a little bit um, in order to just make sure that you can continue your business. But for uh, for like the average person, like I, I don't think you would be making like channel purchases. Like I might because I could get it cheaply and then I can route more. Um, I could, you know, I could just like do a little arbitrage over time. Okay, I get it. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, just for I don't know if you can if you can talk on this aspect more, but uh, I was reading one of the deep dives. I think it was by uh, Alalu, and um, it was pointing out that you could use Lightning Pool to create like um, Lightning service providers, so like LSPs, the same way that the internet uses ISPs. So like. I, you know, I'm, I'm super rudimentary when it comes to lightning, but I was just thinking of like, we're so early into the lightning game that it's crazy to think that we can be creating the infrastructure for, you know, the future world financial digital economy or whatever it is. And, and to, you know, be able to put up some Bitcoin liquidity and create an LSP it's just like, it just, it, it started to blow my mind, even though I can't even, you know, I can't even get to the second and third order effects or even see the full picture. I just like sat there for a moment. I'm like, wow, like what would a lightning service provider, like what would an LSP, you know, the equivalent of an ISP like be, you know, like, like, whoa, that to me, it just, I, I sat there for a moment and, and just like, you know, had like the brain sizzle meme going. And I was just like, well, like that blows my mind. Like that's just insane to me. Christopher's uh, going to be the AWS of Lightning yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly something on that point. And and just I don't. It, it just I, yeah. I can't even. I don't even know what the the end point is. But just that idea to me, I was sitting there. I was like, 
whoa, like this is way bigger than even I understand. And I, I, I'm like, I'm just like a caveman Bitcoiner. I'm like, okay, the, there's big things going on. I, I can't even wrap my head around it. It's, um, yeah, so I've been watching uh, Alex Bosworth uh, put together a, a ping tool. Okay, I mean, just, you know, to set the to set the foundation here, like we're we're putting together very basic tools, but it's like foundational. So like here he's got this ping tool which sends a ping to another node and inside uh inside that payment. So we're using key send here. Inside that payment is a message and the message is an invoice to pay person who started the ping back so you receive a couple of sats and then inside those sats as part of the keys set and payment is an invoice to to get paid back um and uh so so that's like you know very basic level but you can send like all sorts of data you can send code through key send um and that's like inside payments that's tor routed uh the potential uh, like applications are immense. Um, like forget Filecoin. Like we're just going to like you could basically just build Telegram inside of Lightning, um, and that's not too far off. Like in in my opinion. Yeah, is that not what Sphinx Chat is? I I haven't really looked into it, but it seems like it's somewhere along that lines, right? Yeah, I haven't played with it directly. Um, I've just been using. Uh, kind of Alex bot or balance of Satoshi's to play with it. Um, but, but yeah, I've got like telegram integration and stuff. It's, I get messages through my node <laughs> inside of payments. Uh, yeah. Huge, huge applications. That's crazy. Uh, is anyone here use lightning pool besides just for, or are you guys all just, you know, noobish like me, where we're reading stuff, we're like, "Oh, that looks crazy." <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Nick, what do you know about this? You're all Bitcoin magazined out and stuff. You, you, you're close to the spigot. I haven't um, researched too much into this, but I do know that using this, I've heard that you can like, there's a way to like put up your Bitcoin and use it as collateral for loans and like that helps provide liquidity liquidity to the network uh, correct me if i'm wrong on that but um no that's right i've heard i've heard there's a lot of different possibilities with lightning pools and that's just one thing that um amazes me is that i had no idea this was being built i like the idea never even popped into my head and it's like i can't wait to see what's being built next this uh, this elaborates on what what Michael Saylor uh, was saying. It could have been on John Vales's podcast. I think there was a question about you know selling. They were even discussing this. You know, they both agreed that if you're going to spend your Bitcoin on living your life, uh, then that's respectable. Um, but if you're going to cash it back into cash, that seems crazy. And then so well, what if, what about the person who wants to not cash out but put it to work? And that's what this is, this uh, lightning pool stuff. You're going to take your, your Bitcoin that's just sitting there and it may be growing in purchasing power, but it's not working in any other way. And while you're still the owner of that Bitcoin, you can loan it out to somebody who could use it to, for their liquidity. 
validity in their lightning channel or for any number of reasons um, with a guarantee that you're going to get it back, no risk at all. And uh, now you're rather than cashing out your Bitcoin, you're still earning on it. Someone has to pay you back in Bitcoin, uh, but you're still earning on top of the increasing purchasing power, you're earning return on your actual Bitcoin sitting there. So all of us uh, could be the banks of the future, literally the people loaning out like somebody wants to buy a house and they call up Bank of Surfer Jim and go, hey, <laughs> you got, you know, a tenth of a Bitcoin for my million dollar house because you got so much of it and I need a million dollar house. And it's only a tenth of a Bitcoin. And I'm like, yeah. I can. Oh, dang, we lost you, Jim. Oh, but that could be us. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's very exciting to hear about. And it's awesome that people are building all this great stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah, Jim, uh, that's exactly the understanding that I have. And uh, like further, we'll, we'll definitely have uh, other options in the future of, uh, you know, collateralizing our assets. So super bullish. And, and I love how bullish you are. 0.10 for million dollar mansions. Like, all right, we, we could do that. One day. There just better not be it. a Surfer Jim code. No, no, no Surfer Jim coin for the Bank of Surfer Jim that gives you quicker Surfer Jim transaction rates. <laughs> no coins. No, no. Bitcoin is the only coin that matters. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Fartface. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the chat. So, yes, uh, is Lightning Pool only command line right now? And uh, as of now, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's only command line, but they're going to come out with a, like a UI for, for other people. And the more it gets uh, iterated on and upgraded on, um, I heard Ryan Gentry say, hopefully it'll be a part of, you know, like the MyNodes and the Raspi Blitz uh, setup so that all of us can, can get on it a lot easier. Uh, Jessifer, this, this is another question for you. Basically it says, what's the average percentage payout for staking in pool? I don't think there really is like a set price so far, but it's going to be like market price every block. And what Jessifer says so far, he's seen it somewhere around like 5%. Was that 5% annually? I, I think the highest I saw was over a hundred percent. And I think that might have been a mistake. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it. What? Yeah. Like someone, you know, you know, messed up a decimal, uh, but, uh, but, <laughs> but I, I saw like 8% and 5% is pretty common. Like 5% is that's, that's pretty much what I was, uh, pulling in like before, before pool got, was like out. Um, like I was able to like do like an arbitrage, uh, like without pool, but now pool just makes it a lot more simple so that like more people can don't have to do some like weird uh, shady method that I was doing. Are there any known potential vulnerabilities with pool? Uh, it is a like a two of two multi-sig uh, with Lightning Labs and Lightning Labs is going to take a like a, a fraction of that for just organizing this market. Um, and it's, it's in an alpha release. So, uh, we're, we're really relying on people to like be upfront when they, you know, find issues. Um, there's been, I don't know of anyone that's actually exploited any issues in lightning network in general. Um, 
but here this is a, a company lightning labs you know this is their product um so i'm i'm hoping that to keep them like working on l d and keep them profitable i think that's really good for for the whole ecosystem so if you do spot a bug um yeah want to support them yeah uh, cedric asked um about like what companies are, are putting this up and um this is this is a product created like just for said by lightning labs but i i can only guess that we'll see uh other other companies and maybe even you know developers or what have you doing something similar if it's a if it takes off so who knows it's it's still super early i'm down to stake my coins yeah i mean it's definitely something to look into it like i was listening to the ryan gentry or is it gentry on uh tales from the crypt uh the lightning pool talk starts towards like the last hour and a half and then I read a few little articles, the like uh, official announcement, and then a deep dive on the lightning pool. I didn't get around to the lightning pool white paper because it's a it's like fifty pages. I, I was like, yo, that's kind of a lot, but um, it 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 definitely piqued my interest. And I I know I've been talking to Jessifer like on the back end, uh, having private conversations, trying to soak up as much as his uh lightning knowledge as i can because like i've been tinkering with lightning and and i just kind of took it like down as i you know routing being a lightning routing node was extremely complicated if you don't know what you're doing and so i just was using it for you know like retail payments so i just set up a lightning node so i can get some payments through if the uh, blockchain was getting clogged up but now it looks like uh Jester is getting arbed out by an ai and an algorithm so he's about to lose his job dude <laughs> right <laughs> right uh, one thing to know uh, about like running pool is that um like you you're going to have to evaluate the nodes that are connecting to you and right now there is only one um there's like one algorithm that is actually rating nodes based on like their their connectivity, their uptime, um, and so if you aren't listed as like what what they're calling like a tier one node uh, routing node, uh, people aren't going to want to buy liquidity from you. Uh, so that's that's one thing to keep in mind. So like when you have an opportunity like this empty mempool, like take that opportunity to build out your lightning channels. So that when it comes time for you to like actually, you know, reach that tier one level of like being a good routing node, then you will be able to sell, start selling liquidity. Um, and if you wait a whole long time to set up channels to do that, like you're going to have to pay a whole lot more and you're going to miss out on that, that income. You just dashed my dreams, Jessifer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So that's a little little FOMO juice for lightning. <laughs> Lightning's not. I'm not ready for lightning. Well, light lightning in and of itself, like if you're running a Bitcoin core, you know you have a node. Maybe you're messing with like my node or or uh, a Raspberry Blitz. You know you have a Raspberry Pi. Like you can definitely already be running lightning and have some channels up like. I, I don't think it's it's too complicated, but 
it's definitely a whole nother beast to become a, a, a good routing node. And, and that's definitely what Jessifer's talking about right now. All right. Well, uh, anyone have some, some more thoughts on this? Cause we've kind of, we did a solid deep dive way better than last week, but, uh, I, I want to give everyone the opportunity to speak. If you have some thoughts, questions. Maybe just for the record, uh, to track lightning pool, just follow the Twitter bot, uh, at lightning pool. And that's, that's an unofficial one. Um, but it's created by the same guy that makes the lightning watch bot, which is another great service. See, that's why we love you, just for just giving us game, dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll, I'll move on to some some more things that we saw this week. Um, first, oh, this one might be a little quicker. Uh, Nick uh, told me that Lolly is getting sats back at Kroger, so that's that's pretty you know pretty cool to be able to shop in stores and still receive sats back. I, I don't have a Kroger near me, but you know, the idea of shopping at a grocery store and, and receiving sats back is definitely something that I'd love to do, you know, buy, buy my stakes and, and receive Bitcoin sounds kind of dope to me. But uh, Nick, what, what, like, what's this, what's this mean to you? Well, they also announced food line today. Do you have a food line in your area? I don't even know what that is, dude. <laughs> is that a grocery uh, store? It's a grocery <laughs> store. It's like it's it's like a, it's a pretty decently big chain, at least in Virginia. Alright. Well uh but uh there's no love for me in my area, but soon TM. Soon TM. <laughs> but um yeah, like whenever I go to the grocery store uh, I normally spend between like 100 and 150 bucks, and I would love to get sats back for all that. Yeah, who wouldn't? I agree. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if if anyone wants to add something on that. It's that seems pretty pretty simple one way one way hash function on that one. But uh, two more things that we saw on Twitter that'll be kind of quick. Well, ish, and then we'll dive into the last thing that I saw today. Um, I saw that Cash App blocked one of our Bitcoin Bitcoin Twitter friends' uh, transactions and seized their coins. And uh, I think we say every time we're on here, you know, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. So uh, don't be like how I've been the last, you know, couple of weeks and been super lazy and, and keep your coins on, on exchanges and stuff. So uh, that was definitely like a, a kick in the balls to be like, okay, I need to, <laughs> I need to take some coin off Cash App and uh, put it in a wallet I own. And uh, I've been saying it's I, I need to upgrade my uh, my wallets and and one of the, I wish Ben was here. Ben the car man's usually here because we saw that uh, Wasabi Two came out. So what is it? Wabi Sabi uh, implementation came out this week. So that's pretty cool to see. It's uh, I guess was it? Did it come out this week, Nick, or was that last week? I think it was last week. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty dope. Uh, anyone have some thoughts on that stuff? Cause uh, you know, new wallet implementation and uh, taking some coins off an exchange is something that uh, we probably talk about every week. Wait, uh, Weenicus, I think you're echoing a bit. Could you mute yourself real quick? Thank you. 
Let's go. Yeah, I've been meaning to add Jessifer as another admin on here because he's, he's got a strong hand over there. He tries to give all you guys the boot if you only knew. Jessifer runs a type ship. <laughs> I'm ruthless. <laughs> uh, well, I guess those are just some like PSAs. But uh, a good a good talking um, topic. Uh, Nick and I noticed that there is some kind of uh, like I, I I don't even know what it, what it called. It's like a a Bitcoin um, like a government mandate for the swiss reserve so that they hold bitcoin i i tried to research it but uh i don't think there's very much uh information out on the internet so far but apparently a swiss reserve or someone is trying to get the swiss reserves to create a mandate where they will hold bitcoin on their reserves over gold and uh someone i, I saw like a little video about it and, and he's a, a sound money advocate so that would be pretty insane if we got you know a, a a central bank reserve holding bitcoin on their balance sheet and i think we've talked about that for weeks now we've all been super bullish seeing billionaires and corporations come around and start hodling bitcoin and if we saw you know the swiss reserve holding bitcoin on their balance sheet it's like it's the it's happening meme and and just like Man, that would blow my mind if that happened this year in particular. It's like, you know, 2020 would end with a bang if it actually went through. But it's probably more of like a 2021, 2022 type scenario. But, uh, yeah, me and me and Nick were kind of tripping out yesterday. It's like, oh, wow. You know, like banks, like big banks are getting in on the game. Like maybe maybe this is going to happen a lot quicker than we thought. So uh, any, any of you guys see that? And, and what, what was your thoughts when you saw that? No, just me and Nick. I know you guys saw it. It's like a cute blonde girl. I know you guys saw it. Don't don't lie to me. I can link it in. But um <laughs> I thought it was pretty I thought it was pretty cool. Uh but yeah, like I tried to research it more. I couldn't find too much else on it. Um but n- nonetheless, it's still super bullish. Um you know, we're talking about i remember when i got into bitcoin i was like man like should i even be buying this stuff you know like who's who's gonna want who's gonna want bitcoin well these these countries these nation states are starting to want it let go it's so bullish guys that's why nobody should buy shit coins like we're the coin that's going to be fighting nation states oh yeah bitcoin's already won that uh that debate Come join us. <laughs> Come join us. <laughs> We're fighting nations out here, bruh. No shit coins. Yeah, exactly. Here, a perfect segue. Liron, you wanna talk about your little Twitter <laughs> Twitter fiasco this morning? No, I just I, I like to give uh, Eric Voorhees some shit because he's a shit coiner. Um, I know Raul was uh, asking some questions about Ethereum or whatnot and uh, you know, obviously the Maxis come in and and um own. Have their say, and then um, you know Eric is like, "Oh no, stay stay curious," and I'm just like, "No, stop being a shit coiner." And then of course, you know the shit coiners come out of the woodworks and they they love to um to respond to that and say, you know, "Oh, it's not a shit coin. Why are you maxis like you are?" But they they just end up working their way into a corner and showing how much of a shit coin shit coins actually are, and they have no utility other than you know marketing themselves as a cryptocurrency. <laughs> 
Exactly. So. And and furthermore, the timing of his tweet was like insane considering that ETH had a ninja hard fork that to this morning and the devs pushed some some bad code and and they like the majority of their chain was I don't know what it was. It was like roughly 30 blocks behind and and they had a they had a fork for I don't know like 2 hours and and they needed to uh like update their their clients super quickly to get back on this longest chain and it's like man it would be such a headache to try to hodl eth and you know like have to be on top of every little like development push because they're over there just trying to you know work fast and break things and it's just like you you know they say they're not trying to compete with money and yet they're trying to compete with bitcoin so it's like you're either money like Bitcoin or you're just like some shit show clown show over there and pushing all this bad code and you're hard forking half of your network off. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's, and yeah, and that's, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that's really what it comes down to is, you know, if, if these different technologies would just, you know, talk about them doing R and D and, and really say, you know, this is what we're doing. This isn't hard money. We're just experimenting with these ideas. Um, that would be completely different. But they market themselves as competitors to Bitcoin. They always do. Every single one of them tries to compare themselves to Bitcoin in one way or another. And it's just, there's no comparison. It, yeah. it was really refreshing to hear Michael Saylor say on the podcast with John Bayless. And he said, well, what, what cryptocurrency is the best? And he said, Bitcoin. And then he said, well, what cryptocurrency is the second best? And then he said, there's no second best. It's just Bitcoin only. I love that. Yeah. yeah it's like, they're, they're talking about tokenizing the Bitcoin and putting it on, on the platform. And it's like, you know, when, when Facebook came out, they weren't talking about how they would have your MySpace platform plugged into your, you know, like it's. Well, yeah, that really goes to show that <laughs> it's, it's there. They're going to end up being some sort of Bitcoin sidechain at the end of the day. It's the, the value is going to be stored in Bitcoin, uh, you know, I really don't see Ethereum holding any real value. They can't. Yeah, they literally yeah, they can't, can't escape the Bitcoin narrative. That's it, they're part of a narrative. They're yeah. trying to write their own chapter in a, a book that's already written. Yeah, and and I saw like a um, I don't know if he's like a big ETH guy, but when I looked into the hard fork uh, this morning, I saw someone tweet, and I honestly thought he was like a Bitcoiner at first and then I read it again and I was like, Oh, like he's serious about this. But he said like, uh, Ethereum isn't Bitcoin. Um, like if, if you don't, if you don't upgrade, you're, you're going to get left in the dust or something along those lines. And, and like, I, I like liked it at first and I was like, yeah, like it's obviously not Bitcoin. Like that's, that's like a bug, not a feature. And then like I reread it and looked at his profile. I was like, Oh, that guy's serious. Like, he thinks that's a feature, not a bug. And I was like, man, these guys don't care about the man in the coma. Like, what a shame. These guys just you don't care about anything but, like, oh, the new shiny feature on our chain. It's like you guys are breaking everything. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, my my partner's, full disclosure, my partners and I are one of the larger ETH miners in the world. And... um I, uh, any ETH that I own, I do not have longer than a two year perspective on. I am a Bitcoin guy who makes money off ETH mining, and even I do not have 
I'm not long-term bullish ETH. I don't really value it that much. You're the enemy. No. <laughs> I'm just about to do that. <laughs> I'm just about to do that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Ban. Ban, yeah. Hey, Jennifer, hit that ban button real quick. <laughs> CB, it was cool having you. But... Hi, bro. Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> Maximalists are so close-minded. All right, all right, well. Hey, I also mine a lot of Bitcoin, too. Yeah, you better. They always do. They always do. Um. Well, yeah, anyone, Uh. yeah, uh, as Joe says in the chat, we still love you, bro. <laughs> um. Anyone have some thoughts on uh, why noobs shouldn't be shitcoining since we're already on the topic and... Uh, you know, I, I could always go in for a little shitcoin bashery, but that's just me. I saw an article today comparing shitcoin addiction to, to slot machines and gambling. It sort of it dug into a guy who didn't even think he was gambling. He just got way into to shitcoins, and then he he just was playing the slots nonstop and lost a lot of his money, but like just thought he was tech investing and other, they, they suck you in with, with interesting stories and then you lose your money. Yeah. I mean, if, if people have any delusions about the idea that shit coinery, isn't just a casino and, you know, some degenerate gambling, gambling, then, uh, they should come hang out with us a little more, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys laughing at the chat that Jester just posted? Oh, uh, let me see. Let me I see. Holy crap. Uh. <laughs> yes, Jester. <laughs> I guess so. I guess we'll have to talk about it. So he says, uh, it's a meme. It says birth control effectiveness. Uh, condoms 99%, birth control 99%, talking about cryptocurrency 100%. Facts. Well, well, just wait until all time high, then, then, it, uh, Bitcoin all time high, then maybe those, uh, numbers will flip to wanting your babies. So you better watch out, Jester. Hey, uh, can I mention, uh, back on the topic you were just on? Yeah, shoot it, uh, You know, new people deciding they're going to, look for the next Bitcoin. Um, <clears throat> they're generally going to be of the same mindset that some of these uh, fancy investors are, uh, as I mentioned before, where this they're looking at this as an investment and they're all, they all have the potential to be equal. You know, um, MySpace and Facebook were considered sort of equal and MySpace was first, so they were even ahead. But uh, people think that somehow there's going to be something else going to come along and unseat bitcoin because that's always how it works and it's it's simply because they haven't studied it deep enough they don't understand this is a, a new protocol for money and this one is the one that's going to win for a whole bunch of reasons which we've talked about on this broadcast before so for the new that's listening there's not going to be another bitcoin bitcoin is the next bitcoin and if you think you want to be involved in this space buy bitcoin first learn what it is and if you really think you're smart enough to go buy some of these shit coins and sell them when they're at some high or when you're in profit, you're going to time the market. All of a sudden, you think you're going to be a professional trader. Good luck. Put some money in there that you're willing to lose. 
The money you put into Bitcoin, if you hold it long enough, you won't go lose it, in my opinion. So start with Bitcoin. If you want to dabble in the other crap, do so with serious caution and very little money. Yeah, uh, Jim, that's a good point. We we brought up the um, Michael Saylor pod with John Ballas, and, and like Nick said earlier, uh, he was saying on there exactly what you said. You know, when you look at uh, tech companies, you know, like Google and Apple or or what have you, some of those big dogs, you know, you can you can kind of look at them and be like, oh, you know, these are pretty similar uh, companies. They're pretty similar tech stocks. They're both, you know. They're, they're almost interchangeable is how he was saying and and like nick brought up it's like but when you look into, into the bitcoin space it's like there is no number two crypto it's just like bitcoin or nothing it's it's everything else is is a is a shell is is a is you know a, an affinity scam in comparison to bitcoin and and it just takes a little time for for new people to come to that conclusion and you know like we're we're hopefully here uh advancing your your learning and 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 shortening your learning curve because it took us a long time to get here and i know we all have our horror stories and we definitely have uh, a lot of cumulative uh you know like uh wreck stories and time in the market to get here and so we've said it before we're, we're you know we may talk about this kind of lightly but we've all had the experience in the market and we've all put in you know hundreds if not thousands of hours listening to this stuff and, and learning this and so it's there's just like a point where bitcoin's hard and then it isn't and you just like get it and and like me and nick and and i always say it, like you just find bitcoin's end where where you're just like oh life's pretty easy you're just holding bitcoin and and providing value and trying to convert as much fiat into bitcoin as you can and and enjoy your life along the way so simplify your life people Ooh, we got uh, got some questions in the chat. Um, we have one. Are Bitcoins worth buying at Bitcoin ATMs? Um, I've never used a Bitcoin ATM, um, but when I when I've come across the Bitcoin ATMs, uh, they usually have really high premiums, and they're still KYC'd, and and so I've usually passed, but. I know one of our friends, Katie, she's uh, currently in Mexico, and she says she sees Bitcoin ATMs around there with no KYCs and low fees. So I think it just depends on the Bitcoin ATM. If you can find one that is relatively light on KYC and with light fees, then by all means, I would use it. But if, you know, like I've seen some ATMs with like 20% premiums, and then you still have to put like your ID and... And it's it just seems super complicated. So it, I, I I think it just depends. But have anyone else used an ATM or, and has any experience with it? I've only used them just for fun, like putting a couple bucks in it. But yeah, the fees like on the one that I was using was I think fifteen percent or something around that. And there's a company out of Miami where I'm from that has a bunch of them and. Uh, I know, like during the 2017 bull run, there was they had them in some gas stations. There was long lines for them. So um, maybe it's more for like people that don't, don't have access to computers or things like that. I don't know. I've 
I've never even seen one in real life before. <laughs> I don't know where you'll find them. I see a kind of... bunch around uh, my town here in uh, uh, middle United States. And I actually make a point to use a Bitcoin ATM every time I see one, uh, which is about once every two months. But it is a 20% markup on price almost every single time and requires KYC. So I don't usually advocate it, except some people, like, they see it as legitimate if they see a Bitcoin ATM in a public space. And so, ah, you know, can't hurt. And it's a way for uh, entrepreneurs to make money. Dang, 20% is high. I said in the chat, because um, I live in Mexico, and it's I guess it is low because uh, it's 6% where i'm at but um i don't know i feel like even six percent is higher than what you can get otherwise and those are kyc free atms around you uh, well i the, the one i went to yes but apparently it's not an operation right now so that's weird but um i'm planning on calling the owner like tomorrow to see why I thought about investing in, in one myself, but uh, I don't know if the demand's there right now. Guys, I, yeah, I don't know if I really see Bitcoin ATMs being a significant, significant thing in the United States because there are going to be so, and there already are, so many on-ramps for you to buy just through your phone that an ATM is, as far as I can tell, is kind of archaic, at least in, in, uh, in the U.S. I don't know about other countries, though. It could be a huge statement if someone just puts one in the middle of Times Square. Mm -hmm. Right. What do you guys think about non-KYC coins? Like, you think it's worth having or you can even get around it in the long run? Worth it if you can get them, for sure. But I feel like in general, it's just no matter what you plan to do with them, once you actually, if you ever want to put it to use, it's going to be going to be tough regardless yeah. if you get it if you were to pay somebody cash and they sent you some bitcoin and you wanted to use it someday in the future why is that going to create a problem well jim the way that i've heard it is um and this this comes from from uh like our buddy Dieter bob and it's like if you are trying to buy any asset in the future um, it's pretty hard to buy big assets without them doing some sort of KYC and, and uh, looking into where this money is coming from. So if we're thinking of Bitcoin basically like eating the financial system, at a certain point, people may be looking at where this money came from. And so even if you're putting up non-KYC coin, they're still going to basically ask you where that money uh originated from and so i i mean i agree with you jim on the fact it's like you know it's it's not it's none of anyone's business where the money comes from but that's kind of like a i, I might get shamed for this but it's kind of like the libertarian utopia where it's like okay you know governments are dead they have no more control and hopefully that is or you know will be the 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 future that we live in where they have no control over our money anymore. But in the relative short future, it seems like if you're trying to trade your assets, your Bitcoins for, you know, a house or something of the sorts, 
they're going to do some form of KYC on the back end of where this money's coming from. And so it might well, it might be negligible. That's the argument. Yeah. Right. So you keep using the words they referring to some Well, like the government, like particularly in America in the US. Really? You know? I know what you mean, and so does everybody else. The people that would try to extort money from us for any number of reasons, usually government. I get it. The thing is though that nobody likes taxes. Everybody is trying tries to avoid paying them, taxes in general, but uh, any type of extortion fee. And people routinely cheat the government out of the money they think they deserve. And what's going to happen when everybody wants and earns Bitcoin and everybody's using Bitcoin, I want to buy a house with my Bitcoin. Me and that buyer are going to work that out, right? We're not going to, you know, it's we're not going to get the government involved. We're not going to get banks and mortgage companies involved and all this different stuff. It's going to change everything. Now, I... Granted, I, I say that you're probably right in the short term future. Will those that want to extort us try to keep doing that? Of course they will. Uh, will they try to make us fill out forms and are they going to try and shoot chemicals into us? Yeah, they're going to try. And it's going to be crazy times. Uh, but one day that's all go that all goes away because nobody's going to put up with it. Uh, and because Bitcoin operates the way it does, if you have non-KYC Bitcoin, you transfer it. They can be monitoring that all day long and they don't know where the hell on the planet it even is. They don't know who has it or where it went. And nobody knows. And that's just the way it is, as long as it's on KYC. And if you own a house, the government, you still have to own it according to the government. It's not well, just oh, oh, you that's different. Hold on. You're you're equating the asset of the house with the asset of the Bitcoin, and I'm not. Sure, if you own an attack vector like a house that you can't take with you and go somewhere with it. You're stuck no matter what jurisdiction you're in. You, you, you're owing some kind of tax money just to live in, in the property you're supposed to own. So that's never going to change as long as governments have power over the citizens in their jurisdiction. But what I'm saying is that uh, let's just say, for example, I, I own some non-KYC Bitcoin that I bought at some, some dollar value, some arbitrary dollar value that the government considers uh, when I go to move it and, and trade it for some other value that I've made a profit on it. Like, well... I took a risk. I put up my own money in the first place. Why do you get a share of it? Because I made some profit. This is just another extortion rule where they say, if you make money on assets, you have to pay us taxes. People hate that crap. People avoid it all the time. And if I have non-KYC Bitcoin that's uh, increased in value since I bought it, and I can trade that for a house or something else, um, nobody's going to know what kind of profit I had on that. And I'm not going to tell them. And they're not even going to know what asset transferred hands necessarily um, in relationship to that Bitcoin. Unless, of course, the house title is tied to the method of payment and then they want to see. I mean, you know, again, it depends on how deep in government wants to get to track things. But people are going to try and get away with this because that's the way it should be. These other these are just other human beings extorting us. That's all they are. Other human beings. They write rules that are good for them and not for us. They're stealing our money because they have the monopoly on power and money and they're going to lose the monopoly on money and with it they will lose the monopoly on power and people will finally be free one day uh, and all this crap goes away so get as much non-kyc bitcoin as you possibly can and 20 years from now i promise you it'll be you'll be really glad you got it because it'll allow you to buy uh, goods and services if government still is enforcing their will on the people you'll at least be able to buy some stuff without them knowing Preach, Jim. Preach. Uh, Jim, I want to ask you, uh, 
What is your view on KYC coin going through CoinJoin? Do you view it the same or similar to non-KYC coin? Um, it To the extent that it works when it comes out the other end and it can't be traced, I'm all for it. I think that's the way it should be. Go- other humans, I was going to say government. I don't like to use that word because it's this monolithic thing that no one seems to be able to do anything about. But I prefer to say people that represent themselves as government. Um, you know, they, they, they're just going to want to try and do what they, they want to do. If I have, uh, wait, what was, how did you phrase the question? Uh, if it's KYC Bitcoin going through CoinJoin? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at this like, you know, they don't, in the beginning, they had no right to know what I was doing with my money anyway. So what I'm doing by going through a coin joint is I'm taking back my autonomy, my liberty. I'm saying, you know, you've you've said to me that we get to know where your money is. And I'm saying, no, you don't, dude. I'm taking it back. You're just another human, right? You never got that right. I never gave it to you. I can't stand government. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I think <laughs> they're all parasites. They're all absolute parasites. And unfortunately, there's millions of good people that work for government and don't realize that they're also um, contributing to the to the growth and the existence of the parasite bosses they work for. They don't get that they're working for the extortionists of the world, the murderers of the world. Every secretary who walks into a government building and does anything to help the government uh, function is a terrorist, basically. They're all just ruining the world by allowing governments to continue to operate. They just don't know it. It's really disgusting. I wish the educational system would make this clear to everybody. People who run governments are just other human beings that were in diapers shitting themselves one time, just like all of us. How the hell do they get control of my life and my money? Yes. Yes, Jim. Well, Jim, uh, we've told you this before, and everyone in the chat is going, Jim needs his own shows. We need to hear Jim rants. We have uh, Uh, the Jim. You can hear me. Be on um, Cedric's podcast we just recorded yesterday. Let's go. Uh, thanks, Cedric, for having me on. It says uh, they have a name for you, The Gym Show, Riding the Bitcoin Wave. <laughs> so Joe, Rogers, Joe Rogers bought a website uh, for me one night on, on, I think it was Jim's Rant or something. I think that was Joe. He literally bought the domain name while we were talking. Something, I don't know. Optimus. I don't think we want Jim to have his own show because we need him on ours. (laughs) Yeah, we need him on ours. The Jim (laughs) Rant It's a feature of the show now. Yeah, we'll get. We. I mean, we could definitely have like a a shorter, abridged Jim rant. It's just Jim monologues for like (laughs) twenty minutes of like. This is the pure signal coming from Jim. Like, if you need, if you needed any more uh, affirmation, or you're forgetting your way, we got Jim rants for you. Well, look, everybody needs to understand that this is the true reality of the world we live in. Other human beings got control over most of the population, and they did it by first controlling money, and then by controlling violence, by paying people to carry out their will. That's it, in a nutshell. Other human beings control us. They literally control us. We are human livestock on a big, giant tax farm. And we're taking it back with Bitcoin. This has opened my eyes. It's opening the eyes of a lot of people. And once it is so ubiquitous, enough people hold it. It doesn't even need to be a majority. It's going to change the world. It's going to change the world. The incentives are going to change. Some people in government are going to get it, and they're not going to push to be tyrants like they used to. They're not going to try to kill Bitcoin because they're not going to want to see their investment die. 
luckily, it's a subversive takeover by a protocol, you know, from a dude who just left or a group of people. It's just hilarious, but yet it's the most important thing on the planet, a tool to transact trade and get accurate price signals in the marketplace. Um, we've been using the tool called money for thousands of years, and now we have the best version of it, and it's going to change the world. It's going to change society. Absolutely fascinating. And I, I can't, I, I literally can't sleep at night sometimes because my brain won't shut down all the things I can think about and how it's all related to this. But all the bullshit in the world is related to bad money, and it's all going away with Bitcoin. So, you know, I'm very passionate about it, and government's a bunch of parasites. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. I don't want to take up the whole show. Whatever. That was beautiful. I wanted to add one one thing real quick, Jim. Because yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. I used to work for the government myself in the Marine Corps, and I had woke up and got red-pilled and realized, like, no other human being has any rights that you don't have. It's not like this magical authority that they have. It's just, it's literally, I totally agree. It's a group of people that believes that they can use force and violence in order to get what they want taxes but um i had a I had a buddy of mine uh, a few years ago make a really good presentation about how bitcoin can end war and i'm gonna paste the link in the chat right here but uh it's it's pretty good it's it's a little lengthy but like things like the iraq war you know costed six trillion dollars and they don't, you know, they create me out of thin air and pay for bombs and tanks and all that stuff. And so, anyways, Jim, I, I love the rant. I totally yeah. agree. And I have, the, I, uh, I have the link right now. The thing is, I totally agree. That's why I say it the way I do. Uh, Bitcoin's going to end war. People are not going to want to spend their money on killing foreigners on, on the other side of the planet. When the government can print money and give it to their friends that make the bombs, and then those people can take that money hire people to help make the bombs and rah-rah, it's all to protect us and so everybody gets behind it and everybody's making money. The people making the bombs are making money. The people supplying the materials for the bombs are all making money because the government makes it for free out of thin air. And gives. And these people get fabulously wealthy and they convince the rest of us to be afraid and we got to go stop them before they come and get us. It's, it's been the narrative my entire life. Be afraid of somebody on the other side of the planet because they want to kill us. I'm literally, since I'm a kid, since the Vietnam War, that's all I've been hearing from government is be afraid of something. Now it's the invisible virus. It's insane what these other humans are doing. It literally goes back to the original um, central, the first central bank of England, I think is like the 1600s. Once these people figured out this formula, it was like, oh man, we got this. We get all the money and we control whoever we want. And it's never stopped since, you know, a couple hundred years now. And, but it's going to with Bitcoin. Um, yeah, so I'm glad you saw the light and got out of the freaking military. Every time I see somebody in a uniform now, I used to want to clap and salute them and shake their hand. And now I want to red pill and go, do you realize you're a terrorist? But whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to talk in public every day wherever I go. Hey, I just want to back up really quick because I pulled it up on another screen I got. You guys are talking about Bitcoin ATMs. And I got a friend of mine who... His thing on his Twitter says ATM Integration Advisor. He works for a company called Liberty X. His Twitter handle is JZO, J A Y Z I O. His name's Jason. And he helps people set up ATMs. He helps people convert existing ATMs to accept Bitcoin payments or pay out in Bitcoin 
And you can go, like he was telling me, like, if I found a merchant who had an ATM in his business, I can go and sell him on this concept to, like, start using Bitcoin. And the, he can make money. The merchant can make money. I could get a commission on it. So any people interested in this, you ought to hit up Jason and ask him about it. Only problem is you got to worry about the jurisdiction. There's no ATMs in, in New York because it's, you know, communist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I love you, Tim. Right. That was great. That's Thanks. great. Um, well, shit, we're, we're just getting heated up, but we, we've hit that hour mark, plus mark, and uh, we got our little our little boy, Nick, needs to go get his nap time and his warm milk. So... <laughs> 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 uh, so um we're we'll we'll wrap this show up tonight try to keep them uh a little shorter for for the listeners out there but um yeah uh if if you guys want to chill afterwards i'll hang out for a little bit and uh we can talk and and uh jam out some stuff but uh nick you wanna you wanna show us out this was episode 39 yeah thanks for everyone coming out again i think the most we had i didn't count up how many people we have right now but we had like 22 people earlier so every single week we're getting more and more people out which is awesome to see and yeah and uh we're we're still working on doing the youtube stream so maybe if i can get nick to get the youtube stream because i feel like uh we're gonna have too many people in here breaking it so uh We'll we'll try to we'll try to improve the show as as much as possible every week for you guys and uh, hope you like it. Thank you guys for coming out, and uh, yeah, peace out till next week. Peace, peace everyone. Out.